In the beginning was the world. Oh, I see. You think uh, religion is for suckers and easy marks and mollycoddles, huh? He's just You think Jesus was some kind of a sissy, eh? Jesus had guts. Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater. Today we are in the middle of Tokyo, Japan with Pastor Rod Plummer from Jesus Lifehouse Church. Now a whole bunch of friends of mine in Australia have said you've got to catch up with Pastor Rod Plummer while you're in Japan because he's reaching out to people all across the country and even a few other nations of the world. We're going to find out a bit about that today on History Makers. Welcome to the program Pastor Rod and uh, tell us a little bit about your Upbringing. Where were you born and how did you come to Christ? Yes, hi everyone. Yeah, um, I was born in Sydney and uh, raised in the, the beach suburbs. So a lot of my life was in surfing and rugby and not from a Christian family at all. And uh, became a fireman when I left school and was a bit of a, a rebel away from, away from any, anything, I guess, uh, anything Christian. Uh, when, when something happened in, in one night in the fire, fire brigade, and that was um, a huge factory fire where the factory exploded and uh, we we three firemen were right in the front front line it uh, was it was a paint factory with thinners going up everywhere and we had to run for our lives across the road and not one of us three was injured and uh, times like that as a non-christian you sit you sit and think about your life and I did I thought you know I I don't know what would happen to me and about that time I met two great christians and I I'd, I'd met christians before that weren't that joyful but these christians were so joyful and um, they they challenged me to start to read about Jesus in the in the New Testament, and I I thought I heard about something like that as a kid and wasn't interested. And they they challenged me, and they said, Rod, if you seriously saying to us you'd like to know about God, you've got to read about Jesus. And I thought, wow, that's a great challenge. So started reading um, the Bible, the the New Testament, and the more I read about Jesus, the more I liked Jesus, and realized he wasn't like anything I'd thought about church or Christianity and. And in the end, after six months of searching, I realized that I really did want Jesus, uh, but sin was really the key issue now. It, I actually had a belief in God, but I couldn't give up my, my sin, my, my lifestyle. And uh, my friends, my two Christian friends kept challenging me, come to church. So I came to church one night with them the first time in I don't know how many years I went to a church. And it, it wasn't my style of church. It was a little church with organ music and you know, I was into heavy metal and, and, and nice people. Everyone was nice, but it, it, it wasn't my scene. So I'm sitting there thinking, this, I'm glad I'm here, but probably the last time I'm here. And, um, but during the message, something happened in my heart. And uh, I just felt more and more and more. And at the end of the message, I stood there and I said one word to God. I said, now. And as I said, now, I felt the darkness leave me for many years of stuff and just God's love flow all through my life. I was really changed in a moment. And um, that little church um, was great, but I, I soon went to Hillsong. Um, I, I discovered about discipleship and, and about um, reaching out to my friends in the fire brigade and um, some wonderful things. So that's why I started going to Hillsong. And what was uh, life like for you then? Did everyone notice the, the big change in your life? Yeah, um, my, my family didn't like the change. My friends didn't like the change. Um, in fact, uh, in the fire station, three days, three days after I became a Christian, I was punched in the face by the drug pusher in the station who said to me, don't you ever tell people about Jesus, and was, was literally punched three days 
and I went home and um, you know you know when you open the Bible in the middle and you say God speak to me and it's amazing how that works for new Christians not not so much anymore unfortunately but as new Christians uh, just open it up and it was uh, an obscure scripture in Isaiah that said if you don't stand firm in your faith you will not stand at all and so I got up the next day and went to the fire station and was praying and um, that drug pusher stayed away from me and I was able to lead two of my friends to the Lord in the next six weeks so it was a miracle really a miracle of of safety as a young Christian and my family weren't that happy um, that's a that's a generalization some of my family you know cousins that are Christians but my immediately family family wasn't that happy and so you worked as a fiery for a while and ended up Starting fires for Jesus. Uh, tell us, uh, what was the transition like from firemen into ministry? What did you do in between? Well, I went on a, a trip overseas, a mission trip, visited a number of nations and had a chance to preach in the Philippines and other nations. And um, I, My first time preaching, I had an interpreter who was obviously a very funny man, but I thought it was me. So everything I said was translated. People laughed, so I thought I was a natural and then they told me later, no, you're not funny, he's funny. And <laughs> But, I, you know, people got saved and I really got a taste for both Asia, um, cross-cultural ministry and, and sharing the gospel with people who've never heard and came back to Hillsong and was part of the missions missions group there and um, I, just, I don't know, it just got more and more through the years. And then how did you uh, start pastoring churches? What was your first one and what was, it, what was that like? Well, I was... Um, with Hillsong, I was uh, it was then called Christian Life Centre Sydney. Um, I was a salesman. I'd left fireman and uh, was a salesman for a number of years with pharmaceuticals, which I loved. It was a dream job. But I was always very, very passionate about cell groups, home groups. We call them life groups. Um, and my first life group, I started with me and two others in a, in a house at St. Leonard, Sydney. And within a month, we had about 33 people in that cell group including some very interesting characters. One guy threatened to hit me with a beer bottle every night, and this girl was barking like a dog every night. So it was a very interesting start to ministry, but I loved it. And uh, that birthed and grew, and a couple of years later, the, the church asked if I would become an assistant pastor with cell groups. And I was loving my sales job as a Christian, you know, really committed to God and, and being a, a Christian business person. But um, when I was asked to become a pastor... I, the thing that really turned it or changed it was I loved training people. It was training more than sales, being with people, telling them more about Jesus than about pharmaceuticals. And so my wife and I made the decision, yep, going to be a pastor. So that was an assistant pastor in Sydney. And um, then years later, started a church in, in uh, Thailand and uh, other nations of the world. And I know you spent a bit of time in Toowoomba at a church called New Hope. I like the name of that church. It sounds good. Uh, tell us about uh, what was it like in Toowoomba for a while. Yeah, thanks to uh, New Hope Movement for the name. And uh, <laughs> loved it. Loved Toowoomba. It's a beautiful city. And we had uh, seven really fruitful years there. We made incredible friends. Still very, very close to Pastor Chris and the team there and uh, we've yeah just maintained that it was great it was seven years of growth in me and growth in them and um but towards the end we my wife and i knew what god was calling us back to asia we had been in thailand four years earlier and just this this um great passion for those who have never heard the gospel came came roaring back into our lives and um but toowoomba's fantastic love it now i've only been in japan for uh, four or five days myself uh but I've really got a heart for this nation. I've seen uh, some of the great churches that are on the ground here. I've met a guy from C3 who's planning a church here. I've 
been hanging out with the New Hope guys, and uh, a lot of them are saying, hey, you've got to see what the Jesus Lifehouse guys are doing. They're really making an impact on Japan. Uh, tell us, what was it like when you first started here, and what, what's the journey you've been on with Jesus Lifehouse? When we started, it was darn hard. Uh, that first year almost killed us in some ways, but we knew that God had called us, and we knew God was going to move in Japan. So with that as our background, um, we, we, we stuck in there. We brought over a team of 10 young Aussies, like a gap year. They were incredible. I call them my, my heroes because they all just hung in there and met Japanese and won, won to Christ. You know, just a very, very little start the first year, very few baptized. And it was really hard. We didn't have money, but we had the promise from God that God was going to move. And, and just I think the Aussie spirit is so important in cross-cultural work because two things one is there's just that that tenacity that that we're going to hang in until something happens and secondly i think aussies i think we think we're the same as everybody else when we go to a nation we don't think we're under them we don't think we're over them we just come in with a sense of um we belong and the locals felt that i think and uh so just hanging in there loving the locals and getting people saved who became the leaders the church then began to kick upwards and you've now got a number of churches around uh japan and a couple of other nations. Tell us where, where it's up to these days. Yeah, we've got a great church here in Tokyo. It's a mother church. We've now planted Yokohama, um, Osaka, uh, Sapporo, and Sendai, where the tsunami came through last year. And we have a church in um, Hong Kong, a Chinese church, and a church in Bali, an Indonesian church. And we have a new congregation in Taipei, Taiwan, a Chinese church there as well. You must be very busy. <laughs> yeah, but thanks, thank goodness to technology. Um, I'm sure the Apostle Paul would have not calling myself an Apostle Paul. <laughs> But I'm sure the Apostle Paul would have loved to have lived today with uh, all the Skype and the tweets. and So we very much um, use technology to, to keep, keep connected, which keeps r- relatively low stress in, in keeping a team together these days. Now, you mentioned the tsunami and the earthquake. You know, what a earth-shattering event it literally was. Uh, and the churches really put their hand to the plough and helped. What did you guys do? Yeah, we were given a lot of finance from both Australia and America, and we started a team up there in that area, and we had, um, around the clock, for 16, 16 months, over a year, teams every week from between um, 20 to 40 people every week, uh, rebuilding homes, giving out food, uh, along with, you know, really hundreds hundreds of other churches and movements, and that whole coastline up there, people don't realise how devastating it was, it, it it was about a 400-kilometer coastline gone, and um, most of those people can never move back. So the ones that can move back, us and New Hope and a number of other churches, have really been involved in, in whatever we can, rebuilding homes that are still standing, um, getting, getting older people back into their homes with uh, refurbishing kitchens and toilets and stuff like that. And one of the, the most amazing things that we did was we took 300 young tsunami survivors, um, who had Red Cross certification, they'd lost either family or home. And we sent them to Australia, New Zealand, uh, or America, and some here to Tokyo for Christian homestay for between two and three weeks. And out of the 300, I'd say 50 have made a quality decision for Jesus Christ. And the other 250 are just open. And it's just, I think it's a time frame thing. When they finish high school, go to unis, we'll, we or some other church will pick them up again because many of them are from country areas where there is literally no church. So I think those 300 are going to be 300 amazing young people for the kingdom of God. A lot of people say, you know, Japan's such tough soil for missionaries and it's such a hard place. Um, what's your take on that? 
I would I would challenge anyone who says that to come and meet the Japanese people, and you'll be changed. <laughs> they're they're cute. They're nice. They're polite. I think it's the nicest nation in the world to live in, honestly. And、um, I think most people would agree. Most foreigners that live here love Japan. We love the cleanness and the punctuality and the politeness. But beyond all that, Japanese have just never heard about Jesus Christ. You know, we go to the streets and say to people, "Have you heard of Jesus?" And some people say with a,、uh, uh, you know, like surprise, "Oh, is he American? Ah,、oh, I think he's movie star." And、um, And that's funny, but it's also shocking to realise here's a nation of very nice and and quite godly in their lifestyle people who actually never heard about Jesus Christ. And I think that we've we've been fooled into thinking that technology, TV, radio, whatever has solved the issue of evangelism. It has not, especially in a nation like Japan.、Um, there's just nothing here. There's no. There's, there's almost nothing here. And so my challenge would be go and meet them, and if they're hard. I'll be very surprised. They're soft, but people who have never heard need process. They need friendship, and they need to time to work it through. And we're finding, once we befriend Japanese, it will take three to six months before they make a quality decision for Jesus or not. Obviously, it's their decision, but it does take that time because we've got to fill in the issues of cruci- you know, the crucifixion, show them a Bible, and show them how to read the Bible for the very first time, and. And then not just crucifixion, but resurrection, and what's a what's a what's a what's a an Easter, what's a Christmas really about, and just filling in the gaps takes time. But when the Japanese、um, get a sense that they are special, there is a God, He loves them, and Jesus died for them. Many are responding to Christ. And I understand you get a lot of young Aussies coming over, getting a temporary visa, serving. What's it like、uh, when they come over and, and join you on your team? Yeah,、um, most of them are fantastic. Almost all of them are fantastic. You can get a working holiday visa from Australia, New Zealand, Canada, England, and、uh, just come over and start teaching English. So you've got your income, you've got your visa,、uh, become part of one of the great churches of Japan, and just start meeting people. And you've got a ministry from day one. A lot of the missions here make their workers study for four years in a country area. We say to the young Australians, "You have a ministry on the first day." In English, in Starbucks, away you go, and、um, they're loving that. So from day one, they can actually start to make friends. It's 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 an amazing opportunity for Aussies right now. Now we do have to wrap it up shortly, Rod, and we're in the middle of this restaurant here in the middle of Tokyo. There's lots of noise, lots of、uh, excitement going on. But you know, there might be people listening that have heard your testimony today, have heard you talk about Jesus, but have never really heard what is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? Yeah, it's, the gospel means good news, and it really is the the good news into our hearts that there is there is someone who really can help us in life. As a young fireman, I had no hope, and I was going to hell, and I was really, really in a bad way, and I I needed some friends to tell me there is another way, Rod. There's a Jesus, you, and I think the challenge is just 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 hear about Jesus. It's not it's not about religion. It's about hearing the person of Jesus. Start to read Gospel of Mark. And just start to read this person who was God and and died for us, rose again, and I I think this a search, just people getting into a search for meaning, a search for truly who is Jesus, yeah. Well, mate, if people want to respond and maybe even want to get in contact with you about visiting,、uh, doing a mission in Japan at some stage,、uh, what's the best website for them to find out about Jesus Lifehouse? Yeah, www.jesuslifehouse.com, and on there is a thing about interns and about serving in Japan. Well, Rod Plummer, our pastor of Jesus Lifehouse in Japan, it's been such a blessing to、uh, get to know you today, and、uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what God's going to do、uh, in Japan in the future. 
Mate, I reckon you're history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Matt. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. There you can download interviews, subscribe to the podcast, make a donation, find out about our YouTube channel, and maybe connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to historymakersradio.com for more. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Matt Prater. Why don't you go and make history? History Makers.